Let's talk some football. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. He's with us each and every Tuesday. Tommy is brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tommy, good afternoon. And uh, I know that the Patriots banged out what was supposed to be a couple of OTAs this week. Are you surprised that uh, Belichick put the stop down on that? I guess so, a little bit, just given the, the fact that they have so much turnover, especially on the offensive side of the ball in terms of coaching staff. And on the defensive side of the ball in terms of linebackers and corners they want to get to assimilate. But, you know, I think there's also a carrot and the stick mentality there that Belichick has employed much more in recent years. And that's if, well, if you guys are showing up and you're working hard and you're doing your best, you never know. You might get a little bonus here. So I look at it that way. They did work them really hard. I've never seen them run as much at OTAs or minicamp events as we saw this year. So maybe that was part of it. What do you think? I know it's insanely early and it's hard to get a whole lot from uh, OTAs necessarily, but what do you anticipate the calling card of this season's Patriots team being? Is there going to be one thing that we can look to that they can kind of hang their hat on? I think being multiple. And that's what's going to be interesting, Rich, is to try and be multiple on both sides of the ball when you do have so many different guys coming in. Like Jonathan Jones a couple months ago tweeted out randomly, Positionless football is the wave of the future. And it's not completely revolutionary because it's been heading that way, but the Patriots haven't necessarily embraced it. Even though they play a ton of sub-defense, they don't have the hybrid linebackers as often. Yeah, Patrick Chung fit that role, but now they have like four guys who can fit that role. And they're getting smaller at linebacker. Meanwhile, on offense, you look at the guys that they have – And while you don't have what people would necessarily call your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, they have a bunch of C-plus to B-plus players there who have different skills. So I think that they can be really multiple. So that's what I think they're going to try and and be, is versatile as they've always been, but less predictable with their personnel than they had been. I'm always sketchy when reports come out when it comes to money being thrown at coaches, Tommy, but... There was one out there that was making the rounds yesterday that apparently the Dolphins wanted Sean Payton to the point that they were willing to give him a five-year, $100 million deal. Is it just an inevitability that when Tom Brady can get away from Tampa Bay that the whole Miami, Brady, and Payton sort of gathering together in Miami is really going to happen? Do you put a lot of stock into the Sean Payton to Miami report? Yeah, I do, until he's employed elsewhere. Absolutely. I, You know, the people who've reported it, Mike Florio, you know, I've known him 20-plus years, and he is as plugged in, and he's not going to write things with certainty unless he's certain of it. And if he's not certain of it, he's going to say, I'm guessing. I have no idea. But he is pretty, um, you know, clear and categorically saying that this is what they wanted to do. So Brady didn't do really very much to despise, to, to uh Dispel it. So, but there's so much that has to happen between now and then for that to come to pass. Part of which would include some kind of resolution on the Flores lawsuit and how they move forward. So, it's interesting how that continues to be something that that looms over the league. So many different things looming over the league, whether it's the Flores lawsuit 
or Deshaun Watson or the idiocy in Washington um, of, of a franchise that just can't get it right. It's, there are a number of different weird little brush fires going on around the NFL. Yeah, what do you think the league ultimately is going to do with Deshaun Watson? Because looking at the schedule, the Patriots play the Browns week six. I don't think there's any chance Watson plays in that game. What kind of suspension do you think he might be facing? It just has to come down to, I understand that the courts did not move on this, obviously, and he was indicted, grand jury, and everything else. But when the preponderance of the evidence, you have perhaps as many now as 26 women who are going to step forward and fire and join a suit saying that he basically showed up for one thing and expected another and at times hoisted himself upon us, you can't have it. You just can't sit there and say, look, he's, a, he's kind of a serial... <laughs> whatever we want to call yeah. it, sexual assault, yeah. uh, perpetrator... Uh, hound, whatever, you can't have it. And if you're going to give eight games to Ben Roethlisberger and trim it back, or six, this certainly, Ben's never got to an indictment. It never really even rose to that level. This would have to be, I think, an eight-game situation, don't you? I do. Uh, I, mean, I, I hand-handed and trying to phrase it and go around it. Oh, I understand. I know. My I, part, I think minimum eight. Yeah, the way this is going, and like two more added today. He's actually speaking right now for the first time since March 25th, and he even leaned on the – uh, somebody asked him about all the mounting allegations against him, and he says, quote, honestly, it's been tough making sure I stay balanced with my mental life. Tommy, doesn't it feel like the NFL has got to throw the season suspension at him, knowing that it's going to go to appeal so that it looks like the NFL was hard on, on uh, Watson, but they can also get a number that maybe everybody can live with in terms of a suspension? Boy, I think you're, I think that you're right in that we continue to have more and more individuals come forward with just such chilling allegations. You know, Jenny Brent is reporting last week for the New York Times. She just has done a phenomenal job on it all the way through, showing how twisted the guy. So you can't give him eight games and then have five more individuals come forward with proof or allegations. Mm. And you're, in, you're into the 30s? But on the other hand, too, one thing to remember is this, you know, 32 different teams will say, well, if they can do that to that player, that sets a precedent for our players. So it's going to be that push-pull that we've seen so often between the owners. Some will say, look, we, we look like idiots out here. We look like we're enabling this. We look like we're condoning this. We have to be mm-hmm. as expressly you know, extreme in the punishment as we can be. But on the other hand, the funny thing is people are like, well, he already missed last year. He was choosing to miss last year before yeah, that. Right. Happened. Right. That doesn't he count. Was <laughs> that was a separate thing so altogether. The punishment hasn't yeah. started. No, so, it hasn't. And as there'll a, be other people who say you can't do this. You can't set the bar that right. low for evidence of allegations. And just from the football side of it, what a wild situation they have on their hands in Cleveland, because they probably think their roster is good enough to be in the playoffs, and yet they might not be with the, with Watson for much of the season. And they still have Baker Mayfield, who they have told, like, you're not our guy, but they haven't traded him. So is he going to end up starting those games? Like, I'm curious if he's even going to be there, or is he going to hold out, or, or what's going to happen? 
Well, the Baker Mayfield and the Jimmy Garoppolo stories are also, yeah. along with yeah. the ones that I mentioned, those are fascinating, too, because how do those get resolved? So, you know, with Mayfield, they asked him to stay away, and he agreed to from minicamps and OTAs. If you have to go to him hat in hand and say, we need you now, then they're over a barrel a little bit. But the interesting thing with this is, again, as, as much as people would like to look at Cleveland, perhaps, if it's a, a full-season suspension and say, oh, but he wasn't accused of a crime, oh, but the Cleveland Browns willingly sought and swung a deal and extended an extreme contract offer to a player who clearly is having and has had and may continue to have a little bit of a perversion. So, and that's on the extreme side of, you know, minimizing Mm -hmm. at the very least. So what are we doing? So Cleveland got what it, Asked for, paid for, and traded for. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston is with us each and every Tuesday. Thank you, Tommy. We appreciate it. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. See you.